Welcome to Life is a Metaphor mini podcast, where we explore the many metaphors that life has to offer. So it's probably no surprise that I really hate words like mean and nice because they're so vague and they don't make sense. And actually, I find that sometimes mean is totally fine with me (laughs) um, in ways that I think are difficult for people to understand. And so that's exactly what I'm going to do here. I'm going to try to lay it out and say like, all right, so here's the deal. I stand for truth or I am on the side of truth. Um, knowing that not truth also is a thing that happens regularly in life. But, you know, that's the team that I'm on. And, you know, mean and nice, (laughs) sometimes mean is on the side of truth. And sometimes nice is not. And so mean and nice don't make any difference to me. Uh, It's mostly about truth and, you know, standing by that, insisting on that for expansion. But then there's this other way to describe it, too. I mean, because I think that's a basic way. It's why I started with it. Like, all right, that might just wrap it up and, you know, make it all clear. But there's also these other little things that I find, like, you know, when there was this quote, and I love it. I actually love it. I make jokes about it all the time. But it's like, uh, if you don't have anything nice to say, come sit beside me. I mean, it was like on a TV show. I think people have it, you know, in their homes or something. But I mean... My mom would freak out about that. She was definitely the type that would say, if you don't have anything nice to say, just don't say anything at all. If you don't have anything nice to say, then just don't say, you know, like that, that's definitely her phrase. So if somebody had written down, you know, hey, if you don't have anything nice to say, come over here. Like this is, this is where your people are. You know, let's do this. I don't mind. Like, let's talk. I want to hear it. That's me. I absolutely am like, I don't have any problem with that. No, it doesn't mean that a complainer who's just constantly victimizing themselves is enjoyable for me or that I like encourage that. But once again, it comes down to truth and balance. And this is also where the metaphor comes in too, because I do this with my kids all the time. And so it's something that I deal with on the micro level with my kids, but it is something that I think plays out on all other levels too, medium and macro levels. And it's the very thing that we're sitting here talking about. And that is forget nice and mean, forget all the typical rules. It's like, let's stay with the thread of truth. Let's stay with the thread of balance. That's what I think can expand us most here. And so let's put it this way in terms of my kids, because this definitely I'm sure is relatable. But yeah, my kids can scream, right? I'm not the type of parent, my mom definitely was, where it's like, if you don't have anything nice to say, just don't say anything at all. Don't want to hear your complaints. I don't want to hear you screaming, you know, or upset. You're just going to sit there and be ugly and say ugly things and, you know, um, have a mean face on or don't be mean, uh, you know, just because the kid is complaining or screaming out of frustration or anger or anything. Like, my kids can scream. They can complain too. Uh, But it also doesn't mean that there's no limit to that. It's not like they can just, you know, run around screaming and complaining only because I also insist on the threat of truth and the threat of balance. Absolutely scream. Absolutely complain. If this isn't something you like, come on, sit down next to me. I don't mind hearing about it. You got crappy things to say. Let's hear it. 
but you know, I think that the the humor in that uh, little saying is that it's so often repressed, and so there are those of us who take joy in releasing that valve and allowing that repressed stuff to come free. Like, come over and sit next to me. You got grumpy stuff, and you don't mind grumpy, and, you know, this is your space. Like, safe space over here. I like grumpy stuff, too. I'm feeling grumpy myself. I can relate. Let's unrepress it. Let's let it be together. Um, You know, so, but with my kids, it's a little bit less that, but it is sort of just like, hey, it's totally fine to yell. It's totally fine to scream in frustration, stomp your foot. It's totally fine to complain and say you don't like it. I'm not going to shut that down because there is truth there. There is truth in that. Say your truth. However, if you are trying to manipulate with that, if you are trying to use that complaint to get me to do something you want or to get me to change my mind or to take some power or control over Something that isn't you, you know, or your situation. If you are trying to get that angry scream or that stomp to intimidate people and make them do what you would like or to, you know, hold some sort of power over another person, you do hold power over yourself and you can do it to express your power or to even amplify your power just the way that you've seen, you know, a person who is trying a really difficult physical activity to just be like, and they like are getting frustrated and they're expressing their frustration, but that might be empowering them. You know, that growl might be actually them, you know, getting into their own power. As, and so that's fine. That's fair too. But if it's, you know, that is this complaint... You expressing to me your truth and getting it out there, or is this you, you know, going on and on and on to a level that's starting to be very clear to me, this is a manipulation, this is you trying to get me to do something, this is you, you know, trying to kind of intimidate or wear me down to the point where I just give in to what you want, like, no, 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 we're not going to have it cross over into that area because that is no longer in a place of balance or truth. It's not just about expressing truth. There's this other element. And then there's another thing that happens. I think that one, you know, my kids got that one pretty quickly. They understood like, okay, I'm not going to be able to make her do anything. But the one that has been more difficult to grasp that we have had to revisit over and over lately is the imbalanced energy. Like, okay, you're really frustrated that that Lego thing keeps falling apart or that it won't go together the way you want. And like, you're stomping your feet and you're like wailing in frustration. All right, go ahead. I mean, I get it. Like when things don't work out for me, I've totally want to, I toss my keys, you know, it's like, boom, like toss my keys on the floor or something. Uh, usually outside. Cause I don't usually like to just hit a floor that hard, but whatever. I mean, you know, just, just confessing my particular flavor. But, you know, frustration, sure, I have to release it or express it too, and that's fine. So they're frustrated about the Lego, scream, stomp, whatever, for a little bit, right? But within balance and with that thread of truth, because then it starts to go into this place where I have to remind them, and it's a nudge, it's, you know, it's not a demand per se, but it's like, all right, If you're going to expend, because then they'll just like derail, you know, derail the train and just be screaming and wailing and kicking and, you know, all right. But if you're going to unload and dump out all of that energy everywhere as frustration, then you're not going to have any left 
for solving the problem. And you see, then you're going to want me to solve the problem after you're, you know, but, but it's not even about whether they want me to. I mean, often they do. They kind of dump all that energy out and they're left deflated. And then they are like, here, you do it for me. And it's like, no, no, that's not how this is going to work. But it's actually more just about like, hey, let's learn balance. Let's learn balance. And look, let's use these things wisely. I mean, you're frustrated and it's legit and it's fine. Express it. But go about 50%, express about half of it, right? And then use the other half, save up the other half to put towards, in a very useful way, figuring this thing out. You know, put it towards empowering yourself. Put that frustration towards determination to get that Lego thing right. Put it towards mental stamina of solving this problem. You know, okay, let's like reinvest that energy. I mean, this could be a whole financial talk later about, you know, reinvesting half of your earnings and how, like, but that's what it is. You have this flow. You have this flow of energy and it came to you naturally by way of life and what was going on. You have this flow of frustration and it's kind of a burst. Use it, you know, express it. Don't repress it like because you know energy just like I was saying with the metaphor of the financial stuff too energy money you know it doesn't work and multiply if you just like squish it (laughs) you have to keep it in flow you know and you have to keep it moving so yeah keep it moving go ahead and express your frustration and your stomping or whatever you need to do but then don't just blow everything out there Because then you've left yourself without a very balanced use of that energy. Use the other half, save the other half, pull back, have the self-control to kind of pull back and redirect that energy towards determination or stamina to get empowered and really solve that problem and try some more. Uh, and or come up with a completely different solution. Like maybe you're done with that solution. You've hit the end of that tunnel. Okay, let's redirect entirely and like think of another thing that you could do that you would enjoy today or something else that's, you know, how would you like me to help you? solve the problem. Let's talk it out. Think of solutions. Come up with lots of other options and possibilities so that you have more at your disposal. And so this is how we deal with it in my family life. And it's totally the same everywhere else. It's like when I'm tapping my seat saying, hey, you got something not nice to say? Come sit next to me. I totally mean Like, I'll hear it. I'll hear it. I'll enjoy it. I'll enjoy the unburdening and the, you know, letting out. I I like the flow. Let the energy flow, you know, just like in finances, like let that money energy or that wealth energy flow. Like, absolutely. Something can be gained from that. Come sit next to me. I don't believe in repressing it. But by that same token, I don't want to just hear a whining complainer. I love a whining complainer. If they are self-responsible, balanced, and standing for truth, right? But I don't want to hear a whining complainer who is trying to manipulate or be victimized or have their the perception of them be changed by complaining so that they look poor and pitiful, you know, whatever all the different things are, because there's so many little subtle ways that we do this. You might not think that someone complaining 
is being or that you complaining is being manipulative intentionally or trying to take power over someone but in small ways yeah because you're trying to change their opinion or mold and shape their opinion like oh, I want her to feel sorry for me so that she doesn't hold me on the hook for being late today so I'm gonna sit here and complain a little extra or whatever uh, you know I mean hey it's not like we all haven't done it but you know be aware that is definitely you manipulating the situation uh to be whatever you want and, you know, no, I don't like that kind. That kind is where it starts to get icky. And also the kind that's like complaining and complaining or whatever to the point where you drained all your energy and you're not actually taking that self-responsibility and solving your own problems. It's like, you know, okay, cool. Come tell me. Come sit here. Tell me. I'm a safe harbor for all of that complaining and all that crap. Let's do it. I'm not scared of that energy. But be sure to save some and to have the self-restraint to redirect that energy towards solving what it is that's going on for you or thinking of possibilities or changing direction in your life entirely and leaving this other idea behind. But often that's not the case. Instead, it's like, let me wallow in it and let me complain. And that's where that wallowing and victim and all that stuff comes from because then the responsibility or self-responsibility in it is lost because they've worn out all that energy and are no longer having anything left to solve the problem or to think of possibilities or to change and go in another direction. They've got nothing left to do that. And that's that's not fun <laughs> for anybody involved, either party, the, the one that's having the problem and the ones that, he, that is hearing about it. So anyway, that's sort of what I thought was cool about it, that there was metaphor. It's like how this works in my practical life with my kids is definitely how it works in the bigger picture, whether it's, you know, in social scenarios or in organizational scenarios, in business, in government, you know, just with uh, the system of the parties and what they're saying, you know, political platforms, plans for social sort of change and things like all of it, you know, these same sort of rules apply. I don't actually stand for niceness or meanness you know I actually have a streak that enjoys meanness quite much you know um but but how is that streak and what is that streak you know and and how do I need someone to understand that about me it's the same way that I need them to understand that whole little if you don't have anything nice to say come sit next to me I appreciate meanness when it stands for truth, when it is about standing for truth, when the thread of truth is going through it, because sometimes it is. Sometimes sitting over here and telling me your complainy, grumpy crap is to, like, I love meanness. Come tell me the mean stuff going through your mind right now, you know, because it's the truth stuff, you know. But as long as we keep it balanced and in that truth zone, yeah. And I don't like niceness sometimes because of it, because my mom's voice of like, you know, don't be ugly, just be nice. Uh, don't complain, don't say a thing, just be nice. Like, that doesn't stand for truth, so I don't like it. I'm not for that kind of nice. I don't like the, you don't have anything nice to say, then don't say anything at all. Well, forget nice then, you know? So, and it's the same, like I said, on this big picture level, um, I don't necessarily have a problem. I'm not just looking for everything to be nice and for the whole plan or the whole strategy to be nice or, you know, for the whole social change to be nice. Uh, but I do think it should stand with truth and I do think it should watch its bounds too and not go overboard into that, zapping the entire amount of energy 
in the complaining and not using some of it for the solving and the thinking of possibilities and the, you know, changing of directions and experimentation and all that. Nope. And certainly I don't think that it should come wailing out, you know, the meanness, uh, even though I love it and it exists and come and tell me, yeah, come and tell me the meanness. But don't wail it out in this manipulative way where now it's kind of evident that you're trying to take power over other people or get them to do what you want or get opinions to be swayed uh, and, you know, having things your way. Nope, not that either. Like, that's where we lose that strand of truth and balance. And, you know, I'm fine for it to empower you, though. Absolutely do it to empower you and absolutely redirect some of it towards solving your problem. Because just like that person in the gym, because I've been that person, uh, you know, where I'm trying to figure out really difficult things with my body. And yeah, I mean, it's like sometimes because it's not working. But it's like that to let me express it and then to use it for further empowerment and also use it for staying the course and like keeping at it and I'm determined and all right what have I not thought of like what is the thing that I'm missing here what have I not tried okay I'll try some more you know like yeah use it for that so anyways that was just a thing that uh I mean no joke this has been coming up with my son who is almost six and um so it's like man this is such a such a metaphor that just runs across the board. And like as a bonus, it is a great way for me to explain what kind of meanness I like, you know, or like how when I say I'm down with meanness, like what are the parameters of that? Which is always so hard for me to describe because I get a real kick out of phrases like that where it's like, you don't have anything nice to say? Come and sit next to me. Uh, I love that stuff, man. I get a real kick out of it. But like, how do I explain that? you know, in a way that makes it feel true. Like, yeah, I like that to this point, but not to this other point. So that's what that simple example of my son pitching a fit about his Legos like brought forward. So I had to share it. Thank you so much for listening. I've always loved playing with ideas and deepening in any way that I can. I find it brings connection back. It enlivens you, especially if you're using real play and games to do it. So come and check out all the games and stuff that we've got going on at bringconnectionback.com.